What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void or Podcast. That's right. It's episode 157, and this week we're going to be talking about Rob Zombie's third movie in the House of a Thousand Corpses franchise, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's the third film after Devil's Rejects, basically. So yeah, three from hell. The three from hell. Uh, which is like, wait, weren't they called the Devil's Rejects? <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> But anyway, so we got to go see it at the theater together this week, and it's uh, it's actually been a long time coming for us to record. This is two days after we saw it, technically, and like everybody else's reviews are up. But let's just say our review is going to be the best one. The yeah, best, the best. I, I, I totally agree with that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, because we, we don't really give a fuck what anybody else thinks. We're just going to give you what I, we think. I do not read... Uh, any kind of fucking reviews uh, whenever I am about to see a movie usually. Sometimes I, I try to prevent myself from doing it anymore because yeah. I don't want to be influenced by their wordage uh, so I can be magnificent on my own or there just shitty on my own. Whatever it is, it's on my own. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm just kidding. But how's your week going, man? Like, How's things for you? Yeah, they've been going all right. Uh, it's still, uh, you know, prepping for the the baby shower. The baby shower. Baby, baby, baby. Yeah, we're gonna be going to that this weekend. I know it's which a- it'll already be past for you guys. So you're gonna miss out the biggest party of the century. Right. I want to get fucking shit face <laughs> at a baby party. <laughs> <laughs> they start eating the Snickers out of the yeah. fucking diapers. And hey, things. so when's the baby's birthday cake coming out? <laughs> it's a baby shower, Alex, and you're standing in the fucking food. <laughs> Get the fuck out of the potato salad. Oh, why don't you sl- chill out? You're going to have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just put nightmarish shit on the TV. Like. <laughs> No, my kid's first horror movie will be Chucky. Really? When are you going to show him that? About the same age I was when I saw it. Yeah, but that can't be his first movie. You're probably going to see something at some point in time, whether you want him to or not. Right. But I think the one the one I'm going to make him sit down with me and be like, all right, we're going to watch this shit. Well, I mean, it's your child. I'm not trying to, like, you know, tell you what to do. Like, I, I sound like an asshole when I do that. Just tell me what to do. Can I at least offer a suggestion? Yeah, shoot. Have you tried a Serbian film? Like, have you seen <laughs> I want my kid to be somewhat normal. <laughs> I don't want him to have dreams of like baby rape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would assume. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd dude. have to have two discussions there. 
Anyway, I'll stop laughing at my own stupidity. Yeah, Alex is like, why not? You don't get two birds stoned at once. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, it ain't happening like that. Just put it on for your family. Be like, hey. <laughs> you know, Christmas morning, everybody comes over. Dude, you open up your birthday, like the baby shower gifts, and it's like a picture. It's like like some like, oh, these are some of the autographed baby pictures uh, where the baby got fucked. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Thought it might be appropriate for the party here. <laughs> Really brings down the atmosphere. How are you guys doing? Are you drinking? Excuse me? On the wings of love. Yeah, it's like a copy of a Serbian film uncut. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapped in some like fucking Care Bear fucking paper. <laughs> anyway, dude. I'm excited for it, though. We got like two fucking birthdays after that, too. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, it's gonna be interesting. So it's, I'm not spilling the beans for one of them is a surprise birthday party. So one of my buddies, Josh. So he won't know about this, of course, because it's going to be Monday when we air this. And his surprise birthday party is on Sunday. So happy birthday, Josh. <laughs> surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give him a copy as a Serbian film, too. So you got to spread the love around her. Either that or irreversible. You know, like just give him a bloodstained little miniature fucking fire extinguisher. (laughs) And every time you hit the button, you just hear the tink, tink, tink. I should make that. <laughs> anyway, guys. What about you, man? Oh, for me? Yeah, what um, you got going on? I mean, really, dude, it's just all blur to me. Um, Christina and I picked up some new movies. That's about pretty much it. We yeah. did We did the Dollar Tree haul, you know? We did the... Um, I actually found a pretty decent Blu-ray of the Dollar Tree the other day. We picked up some goodies. I don't want to spoil it for everybody. I got the, the Red versus Blue Season 10. Mm, yeah, was, they, it was a good find. They yeah. had it on a dollar, right? Yeah, it was a dollar. Yeah, I saw that there, too. I almost picked it up myself, but I was you like, should, yeah. Eh. That was one of the better seasons. It's when they actually started doing a little bit more action sequences instead of just being like... Really? Uh, what, machinima. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. We've just been picking up a lot of stuff. Like, Vinegar Syndrome had a sale, uh, their pre-Black Friday sale, and I picked up some goodies there. I won't say what it is, because... Yeah. I'm excited. He's trying to get people wet. Yeah, baby. You know uh, I've been watching a lot of fucking horror movies, though. Um, I watched that Haunt movie, by the way. Oh, and by the way, guys, we need... I know I was, I was so late on this because there was just so much going on, but we haven't picked a winner for the fucking giveaway. We were supposed to do that last week, so we're going to pick one right now together. Oh, together. Yeah, I mean... Together. Y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, now you're freaking me out. Dude, just hold my hand. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, guys, just so you know, if you subscribe to this and then suddenly decide to put this in your spam folder or um, trash, guess what? It automatically unsubscribes you and you will not be entered into the contest. You may still get emails, but you will be unsubscribed. Guess fuck you! (laughs) That's not true. Uh, So I'm going to pull up the whole list here. Uh, We got the whole thing. Here we go. So let's see. All right, you do the you do the wheelie deal, right? And I'll tell you when to stop. Just like wheel wheel the fuck out of it. Yeah, wheel it up, baby. Come on, yeah, baby. Get me going. That's it. That's it. Wheel it a little bit harder. I'm wheeling and, it up. Yeah. Stop. Topher. Yeah, buddy. Good job, man. Congratulations on winning. They've been uh, signed up here somewhat recently, so they're kind of a newer person, but they open up every single email here. I can tell how many times you guys open it. <laughs> I'm watching you. 
<laughs> It'll try to ghost us. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're that Topher, you won. And congratulations. We have a whole gift bag full of uh, a lot of stuff from uh, all kinds of different movies that we got. Some of them are Dollar Tree Hall stuff. Some of them are not. So you're going to get a good mix of them. I some, think there's like... Some of it might be pubic hair. There might be like six or seven movies in there. So... Uh, is this right here next to me? Yeah, there sure Oh, is. look at this. Oh, this is a fancy box. You can, yeah. Christina did it up. Thank you so much, Topher, for listening. I really do appreciate you. I appreciate all of you, of course. Um, but congratulations to Topher. Really appreciate This is his you. special day. Fuck yeah, everybody yeah. else. Guys, Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, Topher, I'll be hitting you up directly uh, with an email. Please get back to me as soon as possible. By the time you hear this, you might have already gotten back to me, so don't worry. I know some of you guys haven't signed up yet. I mean, you're gonna you could get free shit. I mean, for, well, it could like I have you know a couple of Fear.com movies <laughs> <laughs> and Justin and, J, uh, and Jason from fucking uh, from fucking in the mic of madness and sinister cinema reviews uh, actually was like oh do you hate your fans <laughs> <laughs> i was like fuck you dude there's other shit in the box what's in the box it's i don't think you actually got a fear.com so you dodged a bullet with that one um but tofer thank you so much for listening thank you for participating in the uh, podcast that we love so much uh we'll get in touch with you but other than that i think it might be time oh shit Horseshots! All right, guys, we're back, and today we got a nice little Three from Hell shot that surrounds around Baby Firefly from Three from Hell and the Devil's Reject. She's Sherry Moon Zombie, and uh, we thought it'd be a little uh, fun shot to do. Different. They're never going to find this shot anywhere else. This is pure BTV sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's uh, so we're calling this shot. A gatito de fuego, which means fire kitty. Um, basically, it's a rim shot. You're going to want to rim the shot with grape fun dip. Okay. So you're going to want to wet the tip, you know, like the, the lip of the uh, shot glass. You're me all hot and bothered. Over yeah. Here. Well, I'm not talking about sex, Patrick. Calm I down. I know, but damn. I sprayed dude. your back earlier. That should be enough. Right. Anyway, so as I was saying, you want to wet the lip of the shot glass, just the rim, just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> you keep going there. I didn't mean to, though. That's the thing. Just the tip. Anyway, so you just do the lip of the, the rim just to get it wet. Maybe with like a paper towel, like a wet paper towel, you can do that. You just like move the glass on top of it. Then you dip it in the fun dip powder. Or you can just lick the rim. Give it a little rim job. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> you saw what you said last anyway, night. Anyway, <laughs> I'm your fucking derailing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyway, so you're going to wet the rim. You're going to put the fun dip around it. Then you're going to do one full shot of Lunazul Blanco Tequila, which is white because they're a bunch of white boys and girls going down to Mexico. Mexico. Uh, and then you're going to get a splash of Cholula hot sauce and say meow when you're done. Meow. So once you shoot it, of course. So it's afterwards. And that's the fun part. That's the fun BTV thing that you do. <laughs> meow. Yay. All right. Let, let, let's try this this shit that I picked up. Um, 
All right. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, so Patrick picked up some drinks for us that, that then are not this. But I will say if we would planned this ahead of time, I would have done it because it would have been pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh, cause, uh, the, the, the white vodka or the white tequila is actually pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh, um, but he's got Phillips hot 100. So it's a new type of cinnamon liqueur. Phillips. So I don't know what it is, but. It was a dollar, right? Yeah, that's why I got it. And yeah. it was new. It was the advertisement they got. Well, first I thought it was a, a watermelon. And then when I bought it, I actually looked at it. I was like, oh, this says hot. It's essentially a hundred proof shot, which essentially is like 50% alcohol by volume. You little baby hands can't open that? Or what? Shut the fuck up. There. Because you've been fucking jerking off too much. You no, know, like I would be having strong hands then. I could barely hold it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. All right, wait, hold on. Cheers. Good clank. They're plastic, so they don't clank. Yeah, you re- what the fuck are you talking? We're supposed to shoot it right after. All right, shoot. Whoa. That's a lot of cinnamon, dude. It's coming out my nose, man. Oh, my God. Oh. That is a lot of fucking cinnamon. <sighs> that may be too much. Dude, that is... I can feel it going down into my stomach. Like, do you know what I mean? Dude, I'm breathing it still. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's not even that it burns like alcohol. It's It's like really strong fucking cinnamon. Like, dude, guys, like, I don't know. This is the strongest cinnamon shot I've ever taken. Dude, I'm tearing a little bit. I am tearing. Oh, it's weird. I've never felt a drink slide down my esophagus into my stomach. I can feel it, like, coating my stomach right now. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, it's pretty Ooh, bad. Ooh, that's not good, dude. Uh, like, I, I, I don't mind cinnamon, but that's, like... That's over the top. It's way too much cinnamon, dude. It tastes exactly like uh, Big Red. Dude. To the extreme. I rock a mic like a vandal? <laughs> Anyways, we're not pussies here, all right? But even even fucking, I'm not, yeah, well, I guess we are drinking fucking cinnamon. So what? <laughs> Patrick bought it. I'm a delicate Anyway, flower. guys, if you, I don't even like fucking Fireball or any of that shit, really, but I would much rather drink Tennessee Fire or fucking Fireball than that. That yeah, is Yeah, I'll terrible. never buy that again. That's oh, my God, bad. dude. I, I might just drink this Southern Comfort. Just to get the ju- taste just out of your to mouth. Get, yeah, yeah, just to like wash it out of my esophagus and my stomach right now. Let's open this shit. Cheers. Clankity clank. I did. I ate, I ate Southern Comfort and that's better. What are you doing? Swishing it. That's not, you don't swish liquor in your mouth. Why not? Ugh, what is wrong with you? Anyway, guys, if you would like to try a Gatito de Fuego Fire Kitty 3 from Hell shot, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section. Now, that's it for horror shots. All right, guys, so now we're going to jump into our flesh and potatoes of the brand new trilogy finishing 3 from Hell for our flesh and potatoes. Right. Wow. 
and now it's time for us to jump into our spoiler-free review of Three from Hell. Don't worry, we won't spoil anything up front. We'll give you full warning before we jump into any spoilers, just so that you can enjoy finding out whether or not this is a good movie to see. Because I don't think a lot of people got to see this movie since it's been out, because they really only had three nights. And Oh, was that it? Yeah, three nights at every at like a thousand places or something like that. But it was three nights at and even the theater dollars a pop, right? Sixteen fucking dollars, dude. Yep. And that's not including the the fucking convenience fee of five dollars of ordering it online. No. Um. But yeah, there was like the the theater that we were in wasn't really packed, so no. it was interesting to see. But I don't think they did very much uh kind of advertising on it either. So I wouldn't use that as a uh, means to kind of like judge this movie necessarily. But anyway, we're gonna jump into the spoiler free section of Three from Hell. First off, the movie just came out. Obviously. A long time coming. It is, of course, directed by Rob Zombie and written by Rob Zombie. If I need to explain what other movies he's done, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Yeah. Get the (laughs) fuck out of here. Get the fuck. No, I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. You probably know a lot of it. I'd be surprised if most people didn't know he did other movies. You know what I mean? Um, but for you young bucks out there, I'll list off a couple. Maybe like of them. 15 years ago or something. He did House of a Thousand Corpses. He did Devil, The Devil's Rejects. He did Halloween 1 and 2, his versions. He also did 31 and Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem before that. Uh, this movie has a pretty big cast. Obviously, Sherry Moon Zombie returns. Sid Haig returns. Bill Mosley returns. Uh, we also have a couple of new people in this movie. Um, Danny Trejo even returns. Clint Howard's in it. Richard Brake, of course, is joining the crew of the family uh, as the half-brother Winslow, a.k.a. Foxy. Or yeah. what was it like? Mad Man Midnight? Well, yeah, he has a bunch of different names. <laughs> but Also, you have uh, Daniel Roebuck from uh, Who Plays Morris Green. He was the reporter yeah. that was always talking. So I thought that was cool. I also have a warden who plays a warden Virgil Dallas Harper, who is Jeff Daniel Phillips, who I also saw him in Satanic Panic. I just watched that last night. Um, You got David Yuri, D. Wallace, Dot Marie Jones, Sean Whalen, Tom Papa, Pancho Moeller, who has been uh, in other movies that he's done. He's actually in the new Candy Corn movie, and he's also in 31 uh, as the little Nazi person. (laughs) (laughs) If you've seen that movie, you know who the fuck we're talking about. But I didn't want to get it too much into like what everybody's done in the movies because I really just want to dive into this, really. So uh, first off, I want to mention that the budget of this movie is $3 million. Yeah. Less than half of what the other movies had a budget for. You know, I... I so I, I feel kind of bad, Alex, you know, because you usually do the fucking work and then I fucking get to sprout out right away. So why don't you go ahead and take the lead? I know you're excited. I appreciate it. I have to mention, first off, there's a few factors here that I think you should know going into this movie, okay? It's one, it's been 15 years almost since the last one came out. Yeah. Okay. Two, the budget is less than half the second and the first budget. They and was, not only that, but it was filmed in 20 days. Yes. And those are the, that was my third one. Oh, well. Yeah. Good call. Thank Good call. Yeah. But they did $7 million on both the other movies. If you listen to our episode before this, if you're just tuning in to listen to the first time, you might want to check out what we thought about those other two movies. So 
check those out the previous episode but i think these things that we just mentioned should be accounted for when you watch this movie yeah uh, I'm not judging anybody and what their their thoughts were on this, but we'll get into that a little bit more in the spoiler section. So, because um, there's been some articles that are like, this may be the worst movie of 2019. Dude, I fucking dude, sorry. don't don't diatribe uh, on me. Just dude, just, I'm gonna dial it back. I'm sorry, yeah, but all right, dude, no. it's boiling. But to tell you what I thought of the movie, I enjoyed the film a lot, actually, more than I thought I was going to. The beginning of the movie, while important, I think, did sort of drag. And I know if, you know, Rob heard me say that, he'd probably be like, ah, man, you just don't appreciate pacing. Like he said in Joe Rogan's podcast. Dude, well, dude you watch that, though, right? Yeah, I watched the I whole th- thing. And anybody who's out there listening, go out and, and, and listen to that. Yeah, we got some trivia from that podcast. It was really one of the best podcasts I've seen on Joe Rogan's in a long time. It's very different. But the bad thing about it was that I thought that Joe Rogan didn't talk about Three from Hell very much. But if Rob heard me say that he that I thought it was dragged a little bit in the beginning, he may think that I am not into pacing, but that's not true. I love slow pacing. I've definitely defended it in many movies. Oh, dude, there are so many movies that I didn't like, but you love slow burn. I do. And uh, I've definitely defended it over many movies. And I've loved it in many movies as well. And I talk about it. It's just there's a very fine line how to do it right. However, this is the fucking devil's rejects. Or in this case, three from hell. It's it's hard not to expect that somebody should kick the fucking door open hard right off the bat after those two films. And this movie doesn't really do that. It does take about 20, 30 minutes before we are truly in my opinion, back into the world of Zombie's vision of his crazy, visceral fucking characters. Which, by the way, without spoiling it, the way they smooth over how they survived was definitely acceptable to me. Yeah, very acceptable. That's all I'll say. Then it sort of takes off, you know? Like, after that 20, 30 minutes, it takes off, but was it shocking? Was it visceral? As the other films were? Not as much, in my opinion. You know, still there, it has some pretty great moments on offer here for the movie. Plus, we do get Richard Brake, who by all means belongs in this group 100%. I've loved him in just about everything that he's ever done. He's haunting, unyielding, and in a lot of the roles that he's done, the sort of bad guy that you kind of want to be a friend with so that he doesn't cut your fucking throat kind of actor. (laughs) You know, I feel like he definitely helps this movie along. And he is a really nice guy. Very fan service guy. He's responded to me. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell that he actually gives a fuck. Oh, you've reached out to him. Yeah, yeah, I did for uh, his movie called Feedback. That's supposed to be coming out, but I don't know when. I really want to see it. I definitely feel like he helps keep this movie up in the better than average space i i would say you know it does struggle a little bit at times i'm not sure if that's just because it's been a long time or it's just a different film you know one thing's for sure that this movie belongs to the others in some respect so don't feel like it's like this abomination that can't exist like it definitely is the first movie is kind of the spalding movie to me like he really stole the spotlight in that movie shared with otis a bit You know, the second movie, Devil's Rejects, Otis all the way, 100%, I think that's his movie. And the third, 
Well, surprisingly, I would say this is pretty much baby's story, which, like it or not, at times it had me questioning what the hell was going on, and other times it kind of made me laugh and really enjoy her acting, you know? So it's a weird fucking mix. I don't know how to explain it, but it is very baby-centric. And to be fair, I do think that she is not a horrible actor. And oh, I'm, no. And I am surprised that she's not in more movies, in some degree. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, I almost feel like she gets, like, shit on because she's in her husband's movies. I, I, I 100% agree with I that. I don't think she's that bad. I've seen far worse acting, you know what I mean? But in this movie, it is a little over the top, and she does go for the ropes, but she does it pretty well, actually. I will also say that this film amps up the action surprisingly more than the second one but with a drawback it's violent of course but not nearly as much as the others in my opinion you know you know what it kind of i hate to interrupt you but you know what it kind of reminded me of kind of like uh like desperado as far as the action sequence desperado. Went. <laughs> but yeah it, it definitely felt like a 90s action flick at, at some moments in this it film. definitely had more action the, the the point that he made in the devil's rejects was I didn't want to like shine too much of a light on the fucking action and kind of make it dull versus the characters, which he still did. A lot of the shots that he had in this movie were very tight on the fucking characters. Yeah. You can tell that that's like really ingrained into his mind uh, about this, which in some moments I think is a good thing. In other moments, hmm. well, you, if you think about it, I mean, he had two fucking movies to develop these characters. So you, we already have a sense of who these people are. Right. I definitely think that, you know, this movie goes for more of the story, I think, than it does for the shocks and those cool, witty one-liners that we love so much from, like, the first two films, which could be a good thing for some and really bad, like, really bad for some of those who were looking forward to that. And I don't mean regurgitating the same ones, because even Rob Zombie said in an interview with Joe Rogan that he didn't want to repeat any of the lines from previous movies. And that's cool. But I can't help but think that newer, better one-liners could have made a bigger impact on me and the film overall. Well, if you don't mind me asking, what would those one-liners be? What do you mean? Like, what would you like to hear re repeated? What? Okay, maybe I, I totally was basing No, 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 no. I mean, like, I'm not going to make up fucking one-liners. I'm just saying if I had, like, seven months or 15 years, for that matter, to write really good one-liners, this should have been the fucking main priority. Right. Okay, like, I get what you're saying to, now. Yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah, to yeah. copy and paste, like, anything that was said in the other movies. Yeah. But just sit down and think of some depraved shit that fucking Otis would have said yeah. that would have made it fucking pop. That's the one thing that I'm thinking in my mind. You know, I've never made a film. I totally understand, but that's what in my mind I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, here comes Otis. Right. Not that you wanted him to regurgitate some shit no. that he had said in past films, that, that you just wanted to hear more of those rants. Right. Newer, better one-liners could have made a bigger impact on me, you know? Mm-hmm. Otis and the crew obviously are back, even though Mosley slips into the role effortlessly. I feel like he's not as angry as the previous films, or perhaps maybe he pulls his vocal punches a little bit more. Like, the gloves aren't fully off of Otis, in my opinion, That like I had hoped, at least. Well, I think he that the, the past experience, maybe it, he's questioning more of his own mortality. Okay. 
You know what I'm saying? Maybe, but I don't think that's Otis. Otis is just like, I think at one point... He even says in the movie like something that it completely derails that ideology that you just mentioned. Well, I, I, well, maybe, but he, I just think that maybe... Because he's like ready to fucking die at any moment. He doesn't give a fuck. And he's even surprised that they've lived as long as they have. Yeah. But I don't want to get into spoilers right. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was written this way, though, but I feel like it was a little tame. I agree. You know, like, I, I, I guess you could say, you know, hey, these are characters that have been in jail for 15 years. They're a little bit different. They're not as spry. But, I mean, the last film took place in 1975, so technically this one takes place in, like, 93, 94. Technically, <laughs> that's where this takes place. They didn't say the year, but that is essentially what I'm getting from. But even still, I definitely got a rush on this film, guys. Like, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the moments with some of the new characters, like the addition of Richard Brake, especially the luchadors that you might have seen in the trailer and more. You know, new classic songs to orchestrate the chaos that you would expect from one of the movies. Maybe not as well as like Devil's Rejects, but the movie did sort of take me where I wanted or at the very least better than one should probably expect from a film that is 13 years too late. Yeah, let's put it that way. Because how many fucking films have you seen that a huge gap in between them in sequels and still carry the same vibe, the same feeling as the early ones had? Not many. Not right. many at all. Like even Blade Runner with Harrison Ford and how they would took that in the future. I honestly really liked it, but it is, you know, it's debatable. I think tapering and lowering your expectations might aid you in your visual experience and ex uh, of watching this movie. At the end of the day, it's the characters that you love anyway, right? And if you love the characters, you're going to want to see this film. Even if the stride of this film feels a little slower and a little different than you might have expected, I personally was glad to be back in their realm of crazy, or as you called it when we left the theater, I just wanted to be back in their world. You should too, guys, you know, but I can't help but think that this movie is going to get some pretty harsh treatment compared to the others. But disappointment isn't the same as a bad film. And there are plenty of fun times, I think, on hand in this movie, just not as amped up or as visceral as predecessors. That doesn't make it lower than average film to me. OK, that just means that it didn't hit the marks as the other ones did. But it's still enjoyable, and I still enjoyed it. I'd probably give this movie a 6.5, but I'd expect a lot more people to give it lower than that just because, I don't know, maybe they haven't seen Howling 4 or 7, which I always use as my bottom of the barrel, <laughs> you know? But right. I, I just wasn't expecting as much for this film because it's been so long. So perhaps that sort of plays into why I enjoyed the movie a little bit. Like I said, it's still pretty fun. We're still, you know, playing ball, guys. Still hitting a run, almost a home run, but it's not a grand slam. Does it need to be a grand slam? I mean, if you're expecting a grand slam, you're always going to be disappointed 15 years later. Why do you got to bring up baseball? I'm just saying, like, it's a good comp. It's a good comparison. Yeah, I know. What about you? What did you think? You, you, dude, you know what I feel like? I feel like that piece of shit that's following Kiss right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you just, you pretty much just nailed all the points of this fucking movie and so articulately that I feel like, uh, 
what's left? Uh, I had to think about this film a lot, man. Like, it really made me think because I didn't want to shit on it, and I didn't want to call it the and worst. And you did movie. it very tastefully. You you uh, nailed all so. the points. I hope so because some people, you know, I'm not trying to please everybody. I just I'm just going to tell you what I feel. But. Right. And I think you hit all those points. Well, and what, like, what what would you add to it though? Like, is there anything? I'm trying to think right now. I'm trying. Like, uh, like, like he said. I mean, you you can't. It's a 15 year gap. First of all, 20 days shooting. It could possibly be really amazing though. I'm not right. saying that there's not an, a possibility that there isn't. I'm just saying that the 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 high expectation should be lowered just a little bit. Right. There was some fun stuff in it. The music and stuff was cool and like there were some cool scenes, but like it's- he, yeah, he definitely has like a Tarantino kind of vibe as far as the music that he picks out for his films. Um were all of them fucking spot on? No, but most of them fit the scene pretty well. I think so. Yeah. And um I mean, baby definitely It like could have been said, a lot worse, dude. Oh yeah. And like you said, baby steals the show in this film. Well, and she was intentionally made that way, but that may be good or bad for some people who have a higher or lower tolerance. Right. Well, you know, what did you think of her? Did she do a good performance for you? I think she did, especially for what she went through, which I won't mention right now. I think she gets shit on a little bit more than she should. Yeah. But I think, you know, I mean, character actors are never really appreciated as much. Yeah. And I love character actors, so... Right. Say what you will. <laughs> like, uh, what's his face that played the clown? Even how uh, as small as bit as he had, Clint Matthew, Howard. Yeah, Clint we don't Howard. want to get into the specifics. Yeah, but you loved it. It was endearing. It it, it was a good portion of the film, even though it was only like three minutes. It right. was still memorable. Yeah, and um, I think this film hit a lot of a lot of good points. Did it hit every expectation I had for this film? No. It didn't blow you away. But but that's I mean, when you when you go into a film with all these expectations, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should just be open to what the director's trying to show you. Maybe you don't go on a rant well, and, and say it's the worst movie of the year. And to be fair, like a lot of cult films. I'm not saying that this is a cult film necessarily, but I mean it, it comes from a cultish kind of vibey sort right. of thing if if you've ever watched cult film it's it's become cult because it grew a fucking appreciation for yeah the movie. it grew a following right so who know who's to say who's to say you know i don't know if i agree this is necessary like when you you heard all the reviews about when, when evil dead first came out people were shitting all over that film wait the new one no, no, no. The original oh, Evil the Dead. The Thing, Evil Dead, a lot of my favorite films. Blob, Remake, it's fucking amazing, and everybody hates it. Like, yeah. what? Like, it's because it was too far ahead of itself. I'm not saying this is one of those films. But like I was saying, uh, uh, there were some characters in this movie that I maybe thought could have gone a little bit further. Mm-hmm. What would like, you think of Otis? What would you think of... I really, like for, I really like Otis. I mean, I always like Otis. Like you said, he just steps back into his character. Did it feel right seamlessly. with uh, Sid Haig's character? He was good. He, he was definitely good for, you know... He wasn't the shining star, He course. wasn't the star, yeah, not by any means. But um, I, I think everybody stepped back into the role uh, pretty well. 
Okay. And especially for, uh, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but for what they've they've been through for the last 15 years. What about Richard Brake edition? What do you think about him being in there? Do you think he added or took away? Or? You know what? I did, like, I did like the brother vibe that they had. It, it felt like they were brothers almost. They're always at competition, always uh, pushing each other and who's better and who's, like, you know. Sure. The tag along or whatever you want to say. Like, I, like you were saying... I enjoy being back in their realm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just like seeing these characters. Okay. Was it the fucking best film of the year? Probably not. Did okay. I did I like going to theater and seeing these characters again? Hell yeah, I did. Yeah. Yes, I really did. Yeah. Did I I had there was like numerous times that I was just chuckling to myself. The subtle comedy in this film is really good. Yeah. It didn't go bananas, but I didn't know there was there. yeah. It's still there. It is the third film. It is 15 years later. Just, I say this a lot, but go along for the ride and, yeah. and put your preconceived notions in your asshole. All right. And this fucking, just, just watch the fucking movie. Enjoy it. It's okay if you didn't like it. I don't have any problem with that. I just, you know, I think when people, like, I just have such a big issue with people that are like, it's garbage. Right. Like, this right off the bat. Just, just, oh, it's crap. Yeah, like, oh, because it didn't meet your expectations, it's a garbage film and it wasn't. Which is funny because when I left your house that night after we saw it, yeah, I went to the gas station on the street because I was on fucking E. Like, I never fucking paid attention to my gas light. So I stopped and got gas and, like, the dude, like, commented on my shirt because I was wearing my reanimator shirt and he's like, oh, cool, you like horror movies. Da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what do you like? And I was like, well, oh, you know, whatever. Anyways, it spiraled into a big conversation and I mentioned that I went to go see Three from Hell. And he was like, oh, it was such a bad movie. And I was like, really? I mean, I, I, I mean, it, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, but like, have you I seen did, Night I Killer? To... Have you seen Night Killer? <laughs> right. <laughs> that was, I wish I would have said that to him. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like your, our experiences are always going to be a little bit different for everybody. And like, you know, I try to break it down for a little bit so at least you can kind of adjust right. your level to mine. And, and what, it, what it pretty much told the dude, I was like, well, it's not going to be as good as the last two. You can't go in with this preconceived notion that it's going to be fucking amazing. Overall, what would I score it? I score the same as Alex. We talked about this yeah, after the and film. I'm, and I'm kind of leaning on almost a 6 or 6.5. It's for me. It's, yeah, it's, that's it's, what I'm saying. Like 6.5, teetering, it's maybe 7. Than, it's still better than average. Average right. is 5 to me, guys. And it's better than 31, and it's better than Lords of Salem, in my opinion. Honestly. I agree. I agree. I hundred percent. I agree. Like I didn't like those films. Like yeah. it just felt weird. And there is some weirdness in this movie. It does feel a little weird, a little splotchy. Yeah. Um. But it, you know, like the characters. I love the characters. So what do you want? You know, if you like the characters, you should see the movie. Is it going to be better than Devil's Rejects? No. Is it going to be better than House of a Thousand Corpses? No. But. Did you really expect it to be just like the most amazing thing? I think some people really do, though. You but know what no, I mean? No, they just hope. They hope so much that they want it to be. I don't right. think there's anything wrong with wanting it to be that good. I just think that, you know, sometimes we got to be a little bit realistic about things and, right. and look at the past and look at all these other movies that we've watched and go, eh, how often does that happen? Eh, not so much. That's why I compare it to writing music because it's like when you're on a roll, you're on a roll, you know what I mean? And you're in that groove. Yeah. But when you separate yourself from that groove for 15 years and you try to find it again, it's gone. And sometimes it, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Marilyn Manson has proved that time and time again. Especially his live performances. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, I, dude. Just saying. 
Anyways, anyway. we digress. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so. Why don't you sound that fucking alarm? You said 6.5? I said 6.5. Okay. I said 6.5, maybe a 6. It's teetering. It's teetering. Yeah. It is teetering, guys. Like, I mean, it's, it's not that it's a bad film, though. I still enjoy it. It's just the disappointment factor does play into it a little bit. But I don't think that disappointment means it's a two out of fucking ten. Or like, that it's the worst movie of the year. Yeah, no. Fuck that shit. Anyway, I don't want to get into a fucking tangent about that shit. So what we're going to do is we're going to sound the fucking spoiler alarm and we're going to jump into our spoiler section right now. This is going to be packed full of trivia and some of our favorite scenes. So for those of you who have seen the movie, this is for you. For those of you who hadn't, I highly urge you not to listen to this section just because you really should experience it for your own and just feel it out and then come back. We'll always be here. We'll always have it up. Well, you know, as long as I'm alive. Let's sound that alarm, Patrick. Please do not listen to this if you have not seen the movie. That's right. Please do not listen after this if you have not seen the movie. You will indefinitely ruin your experience. Thank you and have a nice apocalypse all right guys so now we're in the spoiler section so if you're listening now you're gonna spoil everything and uh it's not our fault we told you we warned you we played a fucking clip that was like 30 seconds long you're a fucking idiot if you listen to this (laughs) i blame your parents for allowing you to be stupid <laughs> I'm just Obviously, kidding. they didn't beat you hard enough with the yeah, bamboo yeah. stick. Oh my god, it's getting there, huh? I remember, <laughs> man, I used to love that when my dad would bend me over the bed and just like fucking, he'd be like, "Ah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I don't get into that. <laughs> He's blushing right now. And I'm not blushing. I don't give a fuck. I'm just buzzed. Anyway, so we're gonna jump into our spoiler section. I have a little bit of trivia that isn't too too spoilerific. Um, but I think it's pretty interesting and it all kind of relates to some of the Joe Rogan podcast that we watched. If you guys haven't seen it, I highly recommend you watching it. It's an amazing fucking watch other than the fact that he doesn't talk to him about his new movie. And I think he was either high or just completely enamored with fucking Rob Zombie being in the same room as him. <laughs> um, they're actually from the same fucking, uh, state. They're yeah. from both from Massachusetts. And I think he was from, I think Rob Zombie's from like Haverhill fucking, uh, Massachusetts. That's what he said, and then I don't know where Joe is, but... No one fucking cares. No, <laughs> but anyway, so they were talking about bullying and how he grew up as an outcast slash weirdo. And Rob said, you know, that's that's why when people say anti-bullying, he's like, I don't know, that could mean anti-success later on, you know, which is, to me, very profound. Yeah. Uh, it's not that deep, but it's just profound to me. Which, you know, I think also really plays into last week's episode when we talked about the scene with Bill Mosley in The Devil's Rejects and how he was, like, really bummed out about the rape scene. And Rob said, art's not safe, Bill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it makes a lot of sense now when I, because I, it's that, that little art's not safe thing stood in my mind. Well, when you think about art should have no boundaries. Well, it's just, you know, it, what is it, what does it cause to create art? You know, like what kind of pain and tragedy or, you know, I mean, that may sound cliche to some people, but there's people that have been bullied and troubled. And well, that, that's in the same hand. It's like it's cliche for a reason. Because maybe. It, it does ring true. I mean, he's had a super lot of weird, 
tragedy around him in his life. Oh, when he talks about his experiences in, right. in New York, it's like, holy shit. And the weird thing is, is that he was talking about how some of that tragedy didn't even register in his Right, brain. like he was just so jaded that it didn't well, I don't even... know if it was jaded or maybe he's sociopath. I'm not trying to like, I'm just saying like, <laughs> I'm not saying he's a sociopath. Calm down, don't send me lawyers, Rob. Um, fucking, but he went to a, like a carnival once where he was about like in fourth or fifth grade. Well, his parents used to do something with the carnival yeah i don't remember exactly the details on that because i was kind of in and out while i was listening but apparently someone set a tent on fire at the carnival and because people... he was like getting cheated by some kind of like carnival yeah game he said that they later found out that somebody was getting cheated at one of the things and all of the fucking yeah if you're, you're stupid if, if you don't think you're not getting cheated yeah there's an angle to every kind of goddamn fucking little fucking ride and thing game and... or b- whatever right and they ultimately the house wins a Essentially, um, but someone set a, a fire to one of the tents, and then people started pulling guns out and shooting each other. And he said he even saw a guy get hammered in the face, and just like his brain and blood pour out of his fucking face. And his mom's like, "That's it, I'm done. This is it." And he never went back. But he was like, "When I went to f- fucking school that year, they were like, so what did you do for summer?'" And he was like, "Well, I thought that was really funny. Let me tell you something. Yeah, so I got a." story to tell you um also for this movie i mean you may have recognized who those of you who have seen it um if you're listening bastards and you haven't uh i guess i'll tell you anyway uh sid was unable to shoot the movie fully so you know they had to you know they had one day with him right well, one single solitary day as we all know today i mean his health isn't as it was 15 years right. ago. Right, he's not a spry young guy anymore, right. as he was in The Devil's Rejects. This is 15 years ago, and he was like 60 years old or some shit. I don't, actually, let me look it up. How old is Sid Haig? I'm going to say 62. Hold on. No, I'm just throwing on my guess right now. He's 80 years old. 80 fucking years old? Yeah. No. That's what I'm saying, man. Well, when you think about it, I mean, he was fuck, born dude, in 19... he was in like the original Batman dude, series. Dude, he was born in 1939. You know Holy what I mean? That motherfucker's been, been doing acting for a long motherfucking time, and he's done a damn good job. He was 65 fucking years old, just about, when he fucking did The Devil's Rejects. He may be even a little younger, but like 63, 64, somewhere in there. I would have never fucking guessed, dude. Yeah, he's fucking 80 years old, man. So, you know, they had to take a break. Um, You might have noticed that Richard Brake is in the film, and that is part of the reason why is because when rob zombie figured out that hey man like fucking he's he's because like even in the fucking documentary thing that we watched at the end of the fucking movie they gave us 30 minutes of an hour and a half fucking which, documentary which was weird didn't it just like abruptly to stop yeah it just abruptly ended and we were like uh, uh. okay <laughs> um I think I was turning to Patrick even in the middle of it. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, it's already over? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, it's all right. Well, that was quick. Anyway, so, you know, Richard Brake was actually written into the film. So a lot of the parts that Richard Brake is playing is literally the Sid Haig's character. Right. Uh, in a lot of ways. So they essentially, you know, Rob essentially rewrote the whole thing. And Foxy, which is Otis's half-brother, I think did a pretty good job. I would like to see more, but I mean, when you've been, even Rob Zombie said, well, we're just going to throw you into a fucking trilogy, you know, all of a sudden, and you're going to be the big guy, you know, like, 
and and Rob was like, I think he did a good job, and I I think so too. Yeah, for sure. Like I f- I wish you had had a little bit better lines, um, but he did have some good ones. He did have there were some, some good funny ones. ones in there, and we'll talk about those in a little bit. Um, but that's pretty much it for trivia. I just I want to keep this kind of short and sweet. We'll go over some of our scenes this week, and because uh, I know a lot of people are really just going to be listening for the spoiler free, and this is just kind of bonus for those that happen to see it. So or those who come back. But uh, what did you think of how they explained them coming back? You know what? It was really enjoyable, actually, because I didn't know how they were going to do it, especially after coming off of it last week. I was like, wait a minute. I totally forgot that they all just get fucking fired on by a fucking police barricade. Well, we talked about it in the last episode last week, and I was like, oh, what if it's like, you know, Richard Brake brings it back with some voodoo magic. (laughs) Right, right. But I also did say that if whatever they do, they just make a quick... Right. It was almost like the, uh, kind of like, like JFK, like how the fucking bullet kill everybody. Right. It was kind of like that kind of like, oh, they were shit. like, there is a 99.9% chance that they'll live a hundred percent chance that they won't live. And they do. Right. And but they then, got, I think each one of them got shot like what, like 20 times or something. I mean, let's face it. A lot of the fucking, these guys were also inspired by fucking, uh, Manson, Charles Manson. And so they used the documentary kind of footage, kind of replaying yeah. it, but you know, blending it to the three from hell style, the devil's rejects and Otis and all of them to do it. Um, the only other movie that I can think that really kind of pulled those punches a little bit or not pulled them, but actually made those punches was, um, natural born killers. Oh, for sure. They did the same thing, which is on my top 10 list. I fucking love that's that a movie. great movie, but I'm just saying like they try to do that similar sort of thing with the Manson documentary. Yeah, because apparently guys, if you didn't know this, when Manson was on trial, he actually had like a documentary crew following around him and it was unprecedented at the time. And the, and even Rob Zombie talks about that in the uh, extras. Yeah. That he wanted to make it feel like that. Right. And, and that definitely comes across. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was appropriate. You know, me, I always like supernatural weird shit anyway. But I think that they did exactly what I said, which was to try to, like, kind of blow over it. But the part where it gets long is when they get into the jail and they're, like, telling the story of each and every person. Right. And it was like, okay, fucking all right. I really like how, like, he uh, brought across the how re- romanticizing these people, like how people like. Well, that's they, they did that with Manson too, man. Right? Like, what was it? What was the line they were all shouting? Like, free the three, free the three, and like the girl, like, oh, I think Otis I, is so hot. <laughs> a lot of I, I really feel like a lot that was in the documentary was re remade in this movie as yeah. well as the natural born killers because if you look at natural born killers they talk about mickey and mallory and like shouting the same thing so that had to been bought brought from the original documentary oh yeah you know what i mean no yeah. i i i'm sorry to say i haven't watched the documentary not like one of those big fans of that kind of stuff but i wouldn't mind watching it now to be honest yeah but My fucking uh, wife loves all that shit the one redeeming thing that i did like in the prison was d wallace who I didn't even recognize at first. I was like, holy shit, that's fucking Dee Wallace. She plays the character Greta. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The one that Baby's, like, taunting with her sexuality. Dude, dude though, some of the shit that she said to her was fucking... Oh, so well, good. and their acting of D. Wallace there was really good. I actually was really into it. I was like, damn, she's playing this role pretty good. Mm-hmm. Playing that tough bitch, you know what I mean? Like, 
She's good. Like yeah. I, I like D Wallace. I met her personally and she's actually really nice. I brought her that fucking Red Christmas Blu-ray and she was like, Oh my God, you brought this for me to sign? And I was like, Yeah. And they didn't they were so blown away by it that they didn't even pay me. They didn't even actually charge me. And I was like No shit. And I was like, wait, uh, don't I owe you money? And she was like, Oh my god, you're right. I came back. And I was I felt bad. Yeah. I didn't want to be like a dick. So, but anyway, but yeah, what did you think of D. Wallace's Greta in the prison officer? Oh, she was good. She's definitely good. I didn't like her death. Her death was too quick. Like yeah. I feel like she deserved a better death. You're right. It was it was just kind of like done, one and done. And, yeah, like, just boom, boom. Fuck, boom. Right. I think me and you both like that clown scene, right? Oh, dude, with Clint Howard. Yeah, Clint Howard was so good. That was a. It was really kind of sad and sweet, but I don't. Okay, before we get into the clown thing, like they they take over the house of the warden, and his warden's having like dinner with his like assistant or something, or the chief or something. What was he? Somebody who's involved with the prison system with him, obviously. Right, and then like his wives, their wives are having dinner together or something. I don't know what they were doing, but right, it was some kind of dinner party or the get together or something. Right, which I feel like that scene should have been a little bit better. Like I feel like there should have been a little bit more tragedy in there. Um they have a couple of cool scenes that happen um during that, which is the clown scene, then you got the fucking baby chasing the naked woman scene. But why was the naked woman there? What had he done? They didn't even like maybe Bill was like, Yeah, I ain't doing that fucking scene like I did in Devil's Rejects again. <laughs> but I, I just don't feel like he Dude, would you be that about way. One of the one of my I thought was one of the funniest things. Well, I'm not. I'm not skipping over, and I'm just pointing out that I just feel like that scene should have been much more dramatic. Yeah, yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. It like that was supposed to be the like the the fucking. It the definitely f- felt like there could have been more tension. Right, a little bit more building, a little bit more like him fucking, like Otis fucking with them, making giving them this false sense of security, and then doing something fucking bizarre that would make them fucking feel uncomfortable. Especially the scene with the mother's ashes. I think they could have gone further with that. I think it was good, but I think it could have been worse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they could have took that so much further than they did. Like sprinkle it over her. Get food. your fucking filthy <laughs> greasy hand out of my mother's ashes. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I just, that was a really disappointing moment in that part. Um, I did like the clown thing with Clint Howard, though. Yeah, it was good. That was cool. Like, just having him fucking dance like a stupid clown. And you would think that if he was in that situation, he would realize that these aren't the kind of guys that like stupid jokes. And uh, But the way he pushes on. Yeah. He's like, oh, my mom told me that joke. It's like, oh, man, you're going to fucking die, dude. But even now, thinking about that scene, even though it is one of my favorite scenes out of the film, that they even could have pushed that a little bit more. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think it could have been much more depraved, but they just kind of sit there. Because, like, to to refresh you guys' memory, they had Clint Howard's character come ring the doorbell, which doesn't make any sense. Like, there's no reason why he should be there unless he got the wrong door. Yeah, that's, but they that's don't, obviously what I chalked it up to, yeah, like he was supposed to be. But they a, don't really address that. They don't really say why he's there. They just show up, and then, and then Bill Mosley's like, I'll tell you what we're going to do. If he can make us laugh, then he can leave. <laughs> and it's like, uh, oh, shit, that's kind of fun. I like how they're doing this. And then he's like, hey, guys, you know, have you ever seen a uh, blanket? <laughs> Look at this. It keeps me warm. Like, it's like so bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And it's <laughs> he's like bombing big. Right. It's like definitely for infants. Yeah. You know, like kind of humor. I love Clint Howard, but 
just uh, that was a kind of an uncomfortable situation. It was the first time that I felt a little uncomfortable. But as far as the devil's rejects pushed it and like putting you in that space and just like taking that, like, you know, I don't know. It just it kind of felt like it felt like it missed that. Some I will emotion. say that that the the reaction of everybody who was in the room when he said that yes no there was that, great shit there right right everybody knew that this clown was gonna die and that he was bombing well, they were all crying and because right. they knew he was gonna die because he was bombing yeah and then he was like and then he's like oh my god he's like well he wasn't funny at all that clown didn't make me laugh at all <laughs> and he's like starts pissing his pants and then he was like oh shit he pissed his pants and then mo mosley's like ha! He starts, yeah. <laughs> he pissed his pants. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit! He made me laugh. And then he's like, "Oh, does, does that mean I can I can go free then?" And he's like, "Yeah, the clown heaven, bang!" <laughs> Which is cool, but it it could have been I don't know. I thought it was a decent scene. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It just it was a scene that had so much potential. Well, I was just craving something to happen at that point. Right. But then they, they do this this part where they flash back to the the family when the fucking warden gets back because they, they, they tell the warden that he's got to go back to the prison and somehow make baby escape because they've all escaped except for fucking baby and baby's got to get out. So he has this little scene with Greta and her, which was kind of decent, you know. Um, she fucks with the warden a little bit, but when she when they come back, his wife or no, the his assistant's wife is on the couch, completely nude. Yeah, and her husband is on the ground with a wound because he shot because Oda shot him, and I, he's not moving at this point. I think he's pretty much. I thought dead he was dead, but he's dying. Yeah, from the pain or yeah. something. I don't know what the fuck. Well, he was. I mean, he got shot in the but stomach. But like, what happened? I feel like that whole scene just got cut out of the movie. Well, like. We heard in the in the making of, I mean, a lot of stuff got cut out of this film. They trimmed it down a little bit. Right, just to make their due date. I guess, but it just, I felt like, you know, it's not that I wanted to see rape or something. It's not nothing to do with that. I just thought that, you know, hey, they were going to show, like, some depravity, some depravity, whatever you want to call it. Depravity. Depravity. But there was one really cool scene where Baby runs out and chases that naked woman. Yeah, like, down up, like... A neighborhood street, like right. where people are watering along. Dude, and how funny was it? She's stabbing her, and like the fucking neighbor wife or the, the old ladies out there with her breath, li- like breath thing. Yeah, she has like it was funny because she has like an auction auction right. like, mask in one hand and a cigarette in the and other. And then baby's like <laughs> looks up. She baby looks up and she's like looks over and she's like oh hey and she waves to her and then she's like uh, yeah we need to get the fuck out of here <laughs> that old lady just saw me gut the shit but out of this bitch she didn't kill her for just for some odd reason I guess uh, maybe she has respect for the elderly I don't know I don't know but it but then the funny the fucked up thing this is like kind of an interesting trivia bit uh, Rob Zombie added that scene in this movie about the woman being stabbed running naked down the street. Uh, he moved to New York and he saw a guy screaming down the street like, oh, my God, I'm fucking he's like banging on doors and shit outside, running naked, stabbed, you know, banging on doors, just fucking screaming. And he said he added the this scene because of that moment. That was like a real thing. His first day in New York. Yeah. And it's like he he said at the time that he wasn't really affected by it. And that he just wanted to fucking like they just went back to doing whatever the fuck it is that they were doing. And I'm like, I don't remember what he said he was doing, but I think he was like in school to be a production assistant. Yeah. For like how they did like design sets and shit like that. Like, because he was a 
set designer for uh, Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. But it's just kind of interesting. He also had a another story where he saw like a few cops brutally kill a man out in the street. Yeah, that was like some uh, famous graffiti artist, I believe. Right, in New that York. they got brutally beaten to death and dragged him down into the fucking the subway. subway yeah. yeah, and then he had to take a statement from police the next day, and then it was all over the news that they they had witnessed a murder. Hmm. Oh yeah, they even went to the court. I don't remember that part, but yeah. What did you think about Richard Brake, though? Like, what was one of your favorite moments with him? I want to say it's definitely before they get to Mexico. It's when Otis and him are... At the hotel? No, no, no. no. It's before that. It's before they even break out out Baby from jail. It's when they're just chilling out in the woods somewhere, or the backwoods, just chilling, and two hunters come up on him. And they're and it's just like this fun back and forth between him and his brother about who's more badass and you know what's right and what's wrong and who's the best and who's not you know what I mean it just has that brother rivalry okay that it just it just felt right and uh, I I it really connected well did you notice Sean Whalen in the movie no. when they were at the hotel with uh Richard Brake's character Foxy and Otis and Baby and he was all like she's cuckoo man. She's cuckoo. Like, she's lost it. He's like, oh, man, you're being too harsh. She's just excited to be out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, no, she's gone, man. I've known her more than you. She's she's cuckoo. (laughs) She's lost it. But she takes that guy back to the soda machine. Oh, yeah, And then fucking kills him, stabs out his eyes and shit. And, like, carves grape in his head. Yeah, and she, he's all like, he's like, you know, you look like that woman on TV who escaped. And she was like, you know, I don't know. I just, you just kind of look like her, which isn't a bad thing, you know? And then she's like, oh, I am her, you know? <laughs> yeah. But do you know who Sean Whalen is? He's Roach. Oh, in Revenge of the Nerds. No. In People Under the Stairs. Oh. I want to make oh. sure. He's the guy that has no tongue. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy that has no tongue and helps the girl lives in the walls. And then, like, the girl, like, goes through the walls. Yeah. That's who that's who he is. Okay, his whole family's like in the film industry. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, I recognized him right away. He was wearing the fucking the Mex- poncho, or whatever. yeah, the poncho and, and the, Mex- uh, the the sombrero, sombrero and the fake mustache. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I just thought I thought that was kind of a cool scene, but that leads into. With the oh, where she comes back in the hotel room and they had the fucking jet. Because yeah, he's like, we gotta get the. Fu- we might want to get out of here. Yeah, right. he's like, goddamn, fifteen minutes. <laughs> I said fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes, and we gotta go. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, see, like, there's some good parts in the movie. Yeah, there's you know definitely. What I, mean? I mean, there's good chemistry. It's throughout. not like amazing, but it's you know, ain't it no Godfather? Ain't no fucking. I don't know. It's just. But by any means, I hate to say this again, but it's not the worst film of the year. Right. I also like that thing where he's like talking about that the porno thing. Oh, yeah. Where he's talking about Otis yeah, it's about like, making I think, porno. You know what I think we should do? Film industry. He's like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, Hollywood, man. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I figure people like pornos. All kinds of people like porno. So we should get into the porn industry. Make a lot of money. You know what our first film should be? The Salami Man. Yeah, <laughs> he, he tells a story about how he would he'd be like, "What did he? What was the line that he said when he when they asked him what kind? Of, Give me some of your salami. Uh, show me your salami. Yeah, show the- me your salami. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's when the porno would happen. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's like the catchphrase. And he was like, "What did he? What did he call the fucking studio?" 
It was like dirty, filthy whores, dirty, or filthy sluts, <laughs> or something like production that. Production company, and of course, I was like, I love it. <laughs> I love it, man. That's great. I love that. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to own all three of these on Blu-ray. Yeah, I would still buy this on Blu-ray, by the way. But yeah. Um, then they go down to Mexico, which was kind of a nice surprise. And I, I don't think it was really Mexico. Uh, no. Because they were doing the Dio de los Muertos uh, at this, what was it called? Raynor. I forget what they called the fucking yeah, I town. I can't remember where the town was called. It was but... some small, like, out of the woods, anywhere town. And there was that Carlos guy who owned the hotel. He's like, hell, I'm like the, 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 the sheriff, the, the sometimes the hotel owner. And, uh, you know, he was pretty fun, but he, Real quick, when you when he killed when Otis kills him for being a rat, right? I totally thought he was gonna take his fucking hat. Yeah, yeah. I just totally felt like you know, Otis would look great in that hat. Uh, <laughs> like it's totally you're, Otis. You're like, well, he was worth a hat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. They didn't even take the money, but no, they don't give a fuck about money. Um. But they go down to Mexico, they meet that guy, they have a deal de los muertos. You find out that uh, somehow Carlos knows Rondo, who gets killed when they had the prison break. Uh, fucking uh, Otis fucking kills Rondo from the second film and says, payback's a bitch! Not that death could have been way more impactful, in my opinion. And that was, an, now that you mentioned that, that was another good line, where he's like, you don't remember me? Oh, you will, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, and then later fucking shoots him in the head. But I don't know. I just felt like Danny Trejo's character could have been a little bit more of a better kill. Yeah, it, it was definitely this loss in the weeds there. For but 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 then you find out Carlos contacts another guy in Mexico, and uh, it happens to be the leader of the Black Satans, who which is his son, which is his son Rondo's son, Danny Trejo's character. Uh, and he's out to fucking kill these people. So Carlos, the owner of the hotel, of course, owns and runs everything, tries to keep them busy for 10K. He was like, I like what he called him too. He was like, he was like, Hey, uh, so how much? He's like, how much do you want? And he was like, uh, I think I'll take 10,000. He's like, done. And he was like, well, shit, that was easy. How, how about, about 20? 20? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, don't push it, SA. <laughs> but now that you mentioned that, and I'm thinking about the film, like, how much better would it have been if he had like just abducted him and take him out of that town instead of everything taking place in that shitty little shithole of a town and maybe like fucking wrestled these motherfuckers and did some like wrestling shit. Nah, you know what I mean? Like, nah, dude, I just love fucking luchador masks on anything. I think they're cool. I think yeah, they, they definitely did. are cool. I think they did a good job. They had the one guy who was the leader who was wearing all black with the black mask and the red fucking flames. And then everybody else had this. And the pentagram. Yeah, and everybody else had the same thing, but they were wearing white suits. Well, no, yeah. they weren't wearing the same mask. It was no, like, no, no. Only his had the pentagram on the forehead. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay, yeah. But then they go in, they kill the fucking everybody. I love Sebastian, the character Sebastian, the little person. Yeah. I thought he was really endearing. Uh, and it's so weird because like he has that moment with Baby where they're like eating beans and rice. And, smoking and he was, a joint. she was like, do you eat this every day? And he's like, every day, night. Morning, day, every day. <laughs> and, like, and they start laughing. She's like, you remind me of Tiny, my brother Tiny. You had the same He wasn't spirit. tiny. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't tiny. He was he was big. Not like you who are a little person. <laughs> or what'd she say? I don't remember. Uh, God knows. I can't remember now. 
But, you know, like Sebastian's like one eye. He's a little person. He's been down on his luck. He's practically a slave at this place. Yeah. Um, but they get along and then he tries to save everybody's lives, even though they're fucking callous murderers. You know, it's like, boy, fucking Sebastian, you really weren't thinking this one through, man. These yeah. guys are murderers. But that was the like the tie in to the second movie where they try to normalize them. Right. Or by like, having a good time and or that he felt like a monster and. Right. Relate it to the monsters. Right, which is a huge part of Rob Zombie. He's yeah. a huge fan of monster f- creature features. He was he said that in the interview, and it totally makes sense now when you think about this, because Joe Rogan and him were talking about, Joe was like, oh, so you just kind of like those outlier characters, you know, those lone soldiers that kind of like go out there and exist for some reason. And you're not sure why, because they're weird and they don't fit into society and the normal, you know, uh, spectrum of you know, reality and they exist. And he's like, yeah, I think that's why. But you can see like those, the, he was talking about the Frankenstein thing and he was like, everybody was like attacking Frankenstein. And he was like the day before he just was born and everybody's attacking him. And he's like, what, (laughs) why is everybody attacking me? Like, he's like, so it's in a way, but you know, these guys are way more darker than that. They've they've definitely earned the hatred that's coming towards them. And they definitely understand their actions. But the normal of these characters you know is kind of the same way that they did with the the universal monsters yeah um back in the day so but uh that night they're they're selling celebrating a uh, how do you say it de la dio de los muertos but it, i don't think it was dio de los, de los muertos it was the anniversary of the town okay so it but but they were wearing dio de los muertos face, makeup makeup yeah, yeah. yeah so i don't know they but it was the anniversary of the town. Right. So uh, I think my favorite scene was after the night where they go out and they just fucking have a blast and do a bunch of coke and fucking drink their fucking faces off. Right. And the next morning you just see him wake up and like Otis is in like bed with this like, what, 300 pound woman and this really like rail of a woman. And it's yeah. just like best of the both worlds. And anyways, he like one of the girls finds a bottle of tequila. And he's like, good, I need something to wash the taste of you guys out of my mouth. (laughs) We taste good. (laughs) You can't actually say that, yeah. It it was funny. Um, And and there's a really good uh, fight or a shootout scene right after that, too. Yeah, they had that little fight scene with Otis and uh, the the fucking, he calls him, what he calls him, mongoloid. Yeah. The mongoloid luchador (laughs) guy. And he was like, come on, man. You want to fucking go, huh? You want to go without a gun? And so they had this like showdown, and then of course Sebastian lets him out, which is kind of shaky, yeah, you know, at best. Like they, yeah, they'd be focused on the goddamn fight, but come on, they'd be looking back at the fucking captured baby and fucking his brother. Oh, for sure, fucking Foxy. Come on now, uh, what are you gonna do? But it's still, um, a little. I mean, the, the shootout was kind of fun. It was sad to see Sebastian go. I'll feel. I'll say that. They, they do the scene where the chick answers the door when the luch door knocks. The chick with the fucking nice tits. <laughs> right. You, you okay. Know she, you know she had nice tits. <laughs> I didn't think so. But anyways. Christina literally walked down the hall as we were talking about that. And she was like looking at so me to pop- see what I would say at that exact moment. Like literally looking at me. <laughs> so she had these nice set of puppies. Yeah. She had uh, sweater she- puppies. <laughs> Patrick's got a heart on over here. I don't know. Dude. Anyways. So, uh, yeah, there was a great slow-mo scene with the, this girl's, uh, I guess, average boobs. 
Whatever, just say it. Fucking get great off. tits. Move on with the fucking story, Anyways, Patrick. I, I really like the visual do we, effect. Do we have here. to talk about the shape and the size of the nipples of the fucking? If tits? we could for just five minutes, Christ, man! Like, get your nut off and let's fucking continue. All right. So <laughs> it, there's this great scene where you know the luchador comes to the door and I starts blasting this girl away, and uh, yeah, which you could tell was CGI. Then, oh bit, yeah, for know. sure. But uh, I don't mind cool. a little CGI here and there, right? If it adds to a visual effect, I'm all aboard. But uh, blast her away. Looks cool as shit. And, and the he's other stuck, girl. He's like, yeah, he's stuck behind. The, uh, Otis is stuck behind the bed with like literally no ammo left. And all of a sudden, his brother comes out of the corner and just blasts people away with this shotgun. And, the, and then the visual effect that he puts on when he shoots the gun, it it just it just. It's very comic book esque, which is funny because Otis was reading. A, I think that's what that uh, what he's trying to connect right there, right? Because Otis was reading a comic book in bed before this whole event took place. Well, there's that camaraderie between him and his brother, his half brother, yeah, who uh, are always fighting for dominancy. You yeah, know what I mean, like who's the dominant one? And of course, Otis is, but Foxy wants to like get up to his yeah, level. He, yeah, he just so wants he to saves be. Otis, and then by the time when they're done, he's like, oh yeah, well you, you did it or something. <laughs> I, I don't remember what he said to him, but it was like it's still Otis won the fight. Yeah, it was like Otis took him down a notch even after because he's like, oh that's right, that was the cool scene that I liked is that. Sebastian and Otis are laying behind the bed hiding and like he's like how many bullets do you have and he's, he's like, like oh yeah. no and he flicks <laughs> and he flicks Sebastian off and I was like yeah that's cool see, that's that, totally Otis see that's Otis but yeah. that's Mosley he did that mm-hmm. it, it, a lot of this stuff was improv by Otis, by uh, Bill Mosley yeah I love that shit what did you think about them just kind of walking off into the sunset like they did at the end of Devil's Rejects or like the, how the camera kind of like followed them and then, you know, it, it, goes down the road like Devil's Rejects It's did. a cock tease because you, the whole time you're just waiting. It's like clearly it's not over. Right. You're like, you're just waiting for that extra little bit that you're going to shove in your face, but it never comes. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks because like I really love Devil's Rejects, man. Yeah. That is such a vibey fucking film man Mm -hmm. and this one isn't as much vibey as more is just kind of going through the motions a little bit more right um it does have its moments enjoy it's enjoyable i enjoyed it like it is an enjoyable film yeah anything that you can find enjoyment is a definitely over a five period if you enjoyed the overall film then then it, it is a six yeah but if you're sitting there fucking like you know fucking jerking your fucking hate boner off then yeah maybe you're not gonna enjoy it and it's cool like if you didn't enjoy it i don't have anything against you you know like maybe it's just not for you but i think that if you really just take a step back and kind of look at this film yeah maybe it didn't hit the devil's rejects level right. or house of uh, a thousand corpses, corpses for that matter mm-hmm. but it still is a it's a decent movie it's it's a better outcome than I expected, to be honest. Like I really thought it was going to be much worse, um, and I kind of came out enjoying quite a bit of it. And so. each one of their films have their oh, unique film style, right? And- I don't think this one was like a different, unique style in particular. It just felt, but it was different than Devil's Rejects or House right. of a Thousand Corpses. But I've watching these movies, I found a new love for Rob Zombie, and I really need to watch Halloween one and two now. Um, just for me, you know, just, yeah. just to go back and then check it out. And then after that, I'm going to watch, you know, 
Lords of Salem again, give it a real fair shake, and then uh, do 31 again and just see what I might have missed. Uh, obviously, Richard Brake in that one was great, but I don't know. I just, it's weird. Um, I think it could have been a lot worse than it was. Right. You know, and, and the fact that it's better than 31 or Lords of Salem to me. Yeah. It's still better. It's funny that you mentioned that about going back to Halloween because uh, I remember a couple weeks ago I mentioned Resident Evil. It is off topic by far, but I had mentioned a couple crosswords about Resident Evil, and now I've been going back and watching them all. And, and so far, I'm still sticking to my guns. Well, one so, of the things I okay. loved in part Halloween 2, and we were talking about this, me and my buddy Jason. What was that? Well, he was saying that like a lot of people hate Halloween too, and I and I know a lot of people, and and I get it. I get why they hate it, and I understand why. But I don't think it deserves as much hate as it is. There is right. a scene in part two that I just fucking love, and I even almost made a fucking track for Black Ops with that fucking beginning, like where she's freaking out and she's on that medication. Mm. Laurie Strode's yeah, character, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's with her therapist talking about taking fucking medication and shit. Take your fucking medicate. You know, like that was a really good performance just in itself. Yeah. And like, I love that. Like, I got to find the song. I, I, cause I feel like it's like we never released that song, but I really wanted to put it in there because I really loved, uh, Halloween too. So is your wife burning sage? Yeah. She burned sage because we got ghost problems in this house. That's why. So yeah. uh-huh. remember when I heard you rifling through my movies and then I went into the room and you weren't there. Uh, that's why she's burning sage. Okay. <laughs> I went back out into the living room. Patrick's like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I thought you were in the... Okay, never mind. Anyway, ghosts. Um, <laughs> but what do you guys think? Like, I mean, have you seen the movie? Obviously, if you're listening this far, I hope that you're not spoiled it for yourself because I, I just don't understand. I, I understand that you don't, you don't think it's going to ruin it for you, but I think expectations play a large role in these movies. Oh, for sure. And uh, I don't know, like, I think 6.5 or 6 is probably really, I think 6.5 is fair. Yeah, if not right on the nose. Right. There are some people that would give it a 7, 8, or 9, and they may be, you know, maybe it, for them it worked. But for me, like, I would say it's at least better than average. Yeah. So. I, I completely wholeheartedly agree with would that. Would you be interested in seeing a fourth one? Yeah. I would, too. Honestly, I would. But I hope that they would have more budget. Yeah, and maybe a longer, longer than twenty days. Maybe like three or four months. Maybe. <laughs> well, no, they only did the first. Uh, Devil's Rejects is one of their highest uh, production um, movies. They might have taken longer for the first movie, The House of a Thousand Corpses, but only because they didn't have all the people in place that knew what they were doing. Not only that, but the budget that they had is fucking. It was all seven million for both movies. Yeah. Both movies are seven million dollars, but I think they had all the right things in order mm-hmm. before the well, movie. Well not even the budget, but this I'm talking about for Devil's Rejects, but I mean. Right, but but think about all the things they had on hand for House of a Thousand Corpses. You know what I mean? They didn't no, but they, they, could, they shot right there on the lot. But that's not what I mean. I'm talking about like they probably had more time to shoot that movie than they did Devil's Rejects. <laughs> because they were <coughs> sorry. Way more organized on Devil's Rejects uh, than they were for for House of a Thousand Corpses. They talked about that numerous times Hmm. in the the behind-the-scenes footage of Devil's Rejects. Hmm. So, but I'm just saying, like, you know, like, we're... Even Sid Haig was like, oh, yeah, it was like, we did the the first movie, and it was like, oh, shit, we'll do whatever the hell we want. 
You know, but this one, oh, god damn, man, we got everything in order. Everything's got to be uh, planned out. Yeah. You know, it was just like one of those things. I don't know. Trying to talk like him. Very meticulous. Which maybe is the reason why I love House of a Thousand Corpses. It's a little bit more free-spirited. I don't know, man. I just, I will always say that. And so, so let's talk about our orders here then. So for you, it's one, two, and then three. Yeah. For me, it's two, one, and three. Yeah, that's fine. So, yeah. 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 Suck it. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Lick my dingleberries. Yeah, I only yell at men. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. Uh, what did you guys think? I would love to hear what you guys thought of the movie. I'm sure a lot of you are going to be like, ah, it was like a two. And yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm going I'm to judge you secretly in my mind. I'm going to hate you somehow. Worst movie of the year. Yeah, but the, the hyperbole's got to stop a little bit. Like, it is a disappointment in some degree, but if you got it, you can taper that back a little bit and just like look at the film as a whole without being disappointed and just say, Hey, what did it give me? Yeah. Disappointment plays a factor into things, but I think it's still an enjoyable right. film. So, but what I would love to hear from you guys, um, I was deciding on stopping the podcast for a couple of weeks about that. uh yeah so it's halloween time and i think this is like the worst time so what i think i'm gonna do is i'm gonna soldier through until the end of october and then take two weeks off um patrick may or may not be here he's got a kid on the way he may do the next one i don't know about the following one but we'll figure it out uh, if I need to have guests on, do an interview or something like that, we'll fill it in for the time being. But it's Halloween, guys, and I really want to kind of like enjoy it with you. So taking a break off for me, even though I probably need it mentally, <laughs> I think is just Ill- ill-advised because Halloween, October, the end of September, is probably one of the hottest times for you new sexy listeners to come fucking jovian all down to fucking BTV Cocktown and fucking want to listen. So I don't want to miss out on that, and I want to enjoy it with some new people, and I want to enjoy it with some people, because this is like Christmas to me, you know? Right. So, uh, But after that, we're taking two weeks off, and then we'll figure it out. So... Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below in any of our fucking places. If you haven't signed up for the BTV VIP club, do it. You might win some free shit as long as you're in U.S. or Canada for right now. And we're thinking about extending that out into other countries with like an Amazon gift card or something. If you guys have that or something like that, too. So, But other than that, guys, thanks for coming by. And as always, long live the void. <laughs>